Straight out chaser. Odell who? Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty standard for him. I mean he's a unique player. Uh, he can he can go at any time. He's so explosive. He's got aggressive hands. You know they can really move him all around. There's no limitations. I mean his talent is incredible. Uh, he's an elite competitor, so he's definitely somebody that we've got to be aware of. And you can see he made the most of his touches. And in an instance, you know he's going 80 plus on a touchdown. You know on a quick RPO catching it from the three spot. And you're like wow. And and that's why he's special. And that's why he is who he is. Talking Cleveland Browns football with the best fans in all of SB Nation. Not quite normal, but we're getting there. Ready to go 60 minutes, go all the way, go toe-to-toe with them. We'll start grinding through it here. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Inside the time, baby. All the doubters. I just can't wait to put on the show. My Dogs by Nature family. I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7 and you are listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Ahead on Straight No Chaser, we're going to hear from Miles. We're going to preview the virtual showdown between Garrett and Donald. These two guys are the presumptive front runners for Defensive Player of the Year and they are going to share the same field. Sunday night in Cleveland at Ohio Edison Stadium. We're also going to hear from Baker, McVay, Nick Chubb, and OBJ. We're going to look at the AFC at large and then zoom in and critique the Browns on their Monday night performance last week against the Jets. We're getting you ready for your Sunday morning post and focusing on the epic Sunday night matchup between the Browns and the Rams. But before we get to that, we're going to get to the straight truth for this week's show. And the straight truth for this week's show is that experience is a cruel teacher who tests first and teaches second. This is a phrase that I learned uh, when I was taking my first job out of college. One of my colleagues, an experienced colleague, came up and told this to me right after I had a particularly grueling day. And I kind of had this thought in mind when I was watching the Monday night game and having a conversation with my brother. Now, hopefully in the near future, I'm going to get my brother on the show. Uh, I love hearing him talk about everything, including football. But as we were watching the game, he posted this message to me. He said, Freddie Kitchens is not going to last. I was kind of surprised to see that he said this because I don't know from my position I feel like Freddie Kitchens is doing the job about as well as you could expect he's a first-time head coach he's gonna experience some growing pains I would imagine I would in fact I think at the beginning of the year I may have posited or at least I thought about it that he's probably gonna need about four games before he understands all the challenges he's gonna face in this new position and how he needs to respond to them going forward Yeah, so in the end, seeing my brother already saying something like he doesn't think Freddie Kitchens is going to last was kind of surprising to me. My response to him was, you know, I think if Freddie Kitchens continues to be honest, he has a chance to do something really special for the Cleveland Browns. Now, after this, my brother responded, if honesty had that much to do with it, Tony Dungy would still be coaching. 
It's an interesting point. Freddie Kitchens is definitely honest, but the thing that I prefer about Freddie Kitchens' honesty isn't so much that he's telling the truth. And when I responded to my brother, I was trying to say to him that it's not his honesty with the media that I really appreciate. It's his honesty about what he needs to improve. I felt like watching Hugh Jackson over the course of his tenure, he did a lot of deflecting, blaming a lot of players, making it about everybody but himself. I feel like Freddie Kitchens has really been honest in his assessments and as he talks to the media and the way that he's processing what's going on around him. My brother's critique continued. He went on to say that he felt that Freddie Kitchens is too simple. Said he felt like he was masking his ignorance as a head coach and that eventually his cliches would wear thin. Now at the time, I kind of dismissed this thought. I mean, it was like right around the time when Garrett was sacking um, Trevor Simeon. That gruesome play. <laughs> but I ended up going back to this thought as I started listening to the way that Freddie Kitchens began to handle some of the heat from some of the things that media members were kind of interpreting as underperformance of the Browns in a certain way. Even after the Jets' victory, Kitchens had to answer some questions from some concerned media members. Freddie, all on plays as the head coach is a new experience for you, even though you got a taste of it in preseason. After two games, how do you think the operation is going? Are you making adjustments as you go, or you feel you, you've got it down? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. It's, uh, it hasn't been any problems, really. It's not uh, not calling the plays. It's, uh, you know, I've got to do a better job of putting our guys in better situations, and that happens Monday through Sunday. Um, that's about all I have to say about that. This is the first answer that Freddie Kitchens has given to a question that really gave me pause. Not calling the plays. This sounds defensive, and it takes away from his main point, which is basically what he wants to say here is that there's stuff that we all need to improve on during our preparation process to make us in a place where we're in a better position Sunday. But instead of saying that, he sounds like he starts off by deflecting with his answer. And then in the end, he finishes it up with, That's about all I have to say about that. That kind of defensive response leaves the door open for critics, man. I would really like to see Freddie Kitchens just eliminate the first and the last part of that answer and just give us the middle section. Just give us the magnanimous response. Essentially, with that kind of tenor in your response, you're opening yourself up to questions about the relationship between yourself and Monken. This guy being up at the booth. What is the problem with you guys? The friction. In the end, I think a seasoned response would go a long way towards quieting that noise. Now, my brother also said that Kitchens came off as being simple. And I know that's kind of a strange word using simple. But I think what he meant by this was he was saying that his approach is a bit idealistic and not so much battle tested. Sometimes his responses leave you asking more questions and somehow and at the same time revealing information <laughs> you probably want to keep secret. Freddie, I know every game is different. Defenses are going to give you different challenges. Is there a ideal percentage you're looking for in a run-pass balance? You know, we'd like to uh, run the ball when we can run the ball. Um, you know, I don't, I've never been into percentages. Um, 
if we're having success running the ball, I'd like to run the ball a lot more, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know about percentages. Everybody always talks about balance, you know, 50-50 or whatever, but we'd like to be that um, because we've got a very good player at running back. Um, but, you know, no, I don't, I don't really give much thought into percentages, you know? Want to give Nick more, more touches? I'd love to give Nick more touches. Include having him on the field more on third downs in, in certain situations. It would, yep. Uh, or it would. This this response bothers me on a couple of levels. Um, he's just saying way more than he needs to say, and in what is revealing in his answers makes you question more his approach. What I think he really wants to say here is, you know, Nick Chubb is a great player, and we want to get the ball in his hands. That's pretty much all he had to say there. Right now, these kind of answers aren't going to get the type of scrutiny that they could get. I mean, after all, the Browns have just won their first game of the year. They sit at 1-1, one one, one game out of first place in the AFC North race. But this week is going to be a very, very challenging matchup against the Los Angeles Rams, the defending NFC champions. They're coming into town. And then the week after that, Cleveland travels to the Mid-Atlantic region to take on Lamar Jackson. And you have to ask yourself, in two weeks, when the first quarter of the season is over, what are we going to be saying about Freddie Kitchen and his responses to some potentially stressful situations i feel like the next two weeks of the season could really be a cruel teacher for freddie kitchens and for the cleveland browns curious to see how responds to it in a moral sense and we'll keep a close eye on that on straight note chaser on the other side of this break we'll talk about garrett and donald hear from some other players maybe even mcveigh and then talk about the Browns getting ready for this game coming up Sunday night. I'm your host, Thelonious7. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. You want to be a defensive player of the year. You want to be the best player on the field. putting yourself in the discussion for defensive player of the year miles garrett has begun the 2019 season looking like an actual t-rex devouring opposing offenses like so many small mammals let's hear from miles garrett and what he's looking forward to in sunday night's game um i mean they run the ball well and uh, that's hard to and when you can't stop the run, then you open yourselves up to, you know, play action. And, and you know, if they, you can, then they match protect it. And they, they start just switching out everything because everything's working effectively. So everything blending so well, anything can be coming at you next. That's why you know, they're, they're able to get away with so many things because they have success in the running game because they have, you know, a lot of great skill players. Are they a quick pass team that makes it, that it doesn't give you uh, hardly any time to get back there with a goal? 
Uh, they're not. Now on third down, they 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 give it a little bit of time. They like to let them read a little bit. But on first and second down, they're trying to you know fastball it, you know, get out, get out to the ball, snap it before you're you're ready, and you know, gain some yards, get get ahead on the sticks, and then you know, maybe take a shot. Garrett seems dialed in to the Rams and their offensive tendencies, but everybody wants to know about his thoughts of his primary competition in the race for Depoy. How much would you do for your defensive player of the year candidacy if you outplay Donald on Sunday night at the second straight big time prime time? I mean, this defense against uh, offense. Uh, this this matchup's not against him. You know, I don't get to go against him personally. Uh, it's it's nice to you know be going against a, a great team like like the Rams, but you know we have to you know, put ourselves in a position where we can be also be called a, a great team, and that starts by by beating them. And so we have to go out there and you know, set ourselves apart. Even though you know they don't sit there, I have to be the best defensive football player every night I step on the field. Now that's how you, you get the reward. You gotta be consistent. No matter who's uh, opposing you. So that's that's the goal. It doesn't matter that you know, I'm playing against him. It matters that there's it's just another matchup with another team. And you know, since they I mean they went to the Super Bowl last year, so now they know you know they they have a lot going for them. So if you you're able to you know have success against them, then you know you're you're pretty good. So Garrett seems to be focused on doing all the right things in pursuit of the win on Sunday night. But it's Aaron Donald. I mean, last week Saints lineman Eric McCoy had this to say going into the game. Eric, NFL, another week, another elite defensive guy along the front line. Um, what have you seen from Eric Don Aaron Donald? I know it's a condensed week in terms of preparation, but what have you seen on, on film? Well, like you said, he's an elite player. Um, pass game, run game, he's very good. Very good with his hands, very good get off, um, and he'll be a challenge for us for sure. That challenge essentially wrecked the game for the Saints. Quarterback Drew Brees had to leave the game with an injury. And after the game, Aaron Donald had this to say. Well, we, we 2 and up, so we happy about that. Um, every game's a big game. Everybody, you know, came out, made their plays, um, played solid. You know, everybody's flying around, and that's what you need. And, you know, you got a bunch of guys flying around making plays. You get good things out there, and you win games. And you did that today, so. Miles knows what he's up against. I mean, he's one of the best ever down the middle. Well, that's well, already. But you know, he's just, you know, his, his get-off is like an end. You know, he has, he has great... Skill set, move set, you know, being down there as a, you know, a D tackle. And you know, once you combine those two things, you get you know, that, a deadly combination like that. And you know, they're going to be keyed in on him, trying to you know, keep him from you know, ruining their game plan. But you know, I'm going to be watching them, see, see him part of the show in person, and I'll try to give him something to look at as well. I'm curious to see how the Browns do mitigating the factor of Aaron Donald. And I'm also curious to see how the Rams are going to respond uh, trying to neutralize his counterpart on defense. Getting ready for this Sunday's game, I really enjoyed listening to the audio from Coach Sean McVay. 
McVay, one of the young, innovative coaches in the NFL, and really he's been for the last two years. Well, he definitely shows his pedigree in his responses with the media leading up to this game. He begins by describing the challenge that Baker Mayfield will present for the Rams. You know, going back to even just remembering him play at Oklahoma, a guy that, uh, you know, makes people around him better. Uh, he's, he's a resilient competitor that, you know, has a never-die attitude. And then you see the, the talent. I mean, he's twitchy. He can speed it up. He has the ability to create off-schedule. Um, you could just see the confidence. I even remember watching, you know, the Thursday night game when he jumped in there, when he went in uh, playing the Jets. There's a belief and, and a confidence that he instills in the people around him, and it's impressive to watch. Yeah, that's really what that's that's exactly what it is. You know, uh, you don't have as as much inventory, but he's done a great job. You know, and he called plays for a good portion of of the season last year, and you kind of get a chance to see uh, what's the overall philosophy. But but you know, really consistent with a lot of good play callers and, and coaches, he does a great job of putting his players in good spots, and you know, kind of fits his system to their skill sets and a lot of versatility, and it's a great challenge for us. You know, it's uh, you know, it's really it's it's a tough game. You know, this league is so competitive. So whether it's going against somebody the first time or the fourth, um, you have a lot of respect for everybody that's 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 doing this. And uh, Coach Kitchens has done a great job. I think it says a lot about their team with the way that they were able to respond uh, from you know not the way they wanted to go in week one, and, and that's uh, you know that's a sign of, of true character. And, and they did a good job the other day. Well, Sunday night in Cleveland, we will definitely have our character tested. It's going to be up to the players to respond. So let's listen to how Baker Mayfield, OBJ, and we're going to hear from someone we haven't heard from before. A guy who generally keeps his comments to himself, Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I, don't, I never limit myself, no matter what's said or what's happening around me. You know, I, I've trained to be you know, the best running back I can be all around, catching and running. So, yeah, I'm, I, look, I look to be one of those guys to be able to run the ball. And catch on third down. It seems everyone in town wants to see you touch the ball more. Are you in that group or are you okay with <laughs> I'm down for whatever, like I said, man. We, we won the game and that's all that matters. Patience the whole time because uh, the, the, run, the lanes just aren't there sometimes? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the lanes are there. I think I got to do a better job of also being more patient to an extent to, you know, getting the linebackers blocked for our line. And I'm kind of fast sometimes. So it's not just the old line, it's, it's, everyone plays a role in it. but. We still have to get better every area, you know, low line, running backs, every, everyone just to improve our running game. While it's clear Chubb needs to be more involved in the offense, the biggest part of the game Sunday is going to be in the hands of Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, I think, you know, his game speaks for itself. You know, he, he works very hard at what he does. That's why he's, you know, the best in the game right now. Um, and so... You know, he creates a monster in itself within his game, but then also that creates opportunities, you know, for other guys to get one-on-one matchups. So I think not just is his game uh, a game changer, but it allows for those other guys to play free. And so um, they, they play well as a unit. They've been together for a few years. Uh, Coach Wade Phillips does a great job of getting them lined up and doing great things. How much more challenging is it to game plan for Donald when they move him around Yeah, he's one of those guys you got to know where he's at at all times. Um, So we're going to, you know, see as the week goes on how our game plan, you know, unfolds and uh, see how we're going to practice and and work about it. I wanted to restate my question. My question was about getting out of the huddle, getting the snap off. 
later than... Well, that's not what you said earlier, but... Yeah, that's why I decided to restate it. Glad you get a second chance, yeah. Uh, no, I think we can be more efficient, uh, you know, just overall. I think with within getting, you know, calls that we're comfortable with, um, you know, I, I got to be better within the week of, you know, giving Freddie confidence in what we're calling and what we're doing to where we can just line up there and he can trust us to go do the job. And no matter what he calls, I'm going to get it done. Hopefully Freddie Kitchens is doing a fair targeting of Odell Beckham Jr., who finished uh, Monday night's game with six catches for 161 yards. He seems to be doing and saying all the right things. Uh, let's see where his head is going into this game. Did you expect there to be not necessarily growing games, but just kind of this staggered start? Um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I know we're not where we want to be, but that's the good thing is we have more games and more opportunities, more practices to um, come together and prove ourselves. Um, and, you know, just like anything else, it's really not where you start, it's where you finish. So um, we, we didn't get off to the best start. We, we um, managed the game and got out of there with a win, and we just need to improve this week, um, facing a very, very good, very good team uh, coming in Sunday night. What do you suppose a performance against the NFC champs can tell the Browns about themselves? Um, you know, it's not even it's not even just them. Yes, they're a very good team, but just uh, w when you beat a team, you prove more to yourself, not from the, the validation of that team, but what we all did together collectively as a group. Um, but yes, going against a team like this and seeing where you measure up, um, we're going to be tested in each and every category, each and every position uh, this week. So we're, we're up for the matchup. And, um, excited about this game. There have been so many people who've suggested that Odell Beckham is some kind of a cancer on the team. One of my buddies called the acquisition of OBJ kind of a train wreck. Uh, to me, I feel like nothing of the sort has presented itself in Cleveland. Beckham has been a tremendous leader vocally and on the field with this play. And I think that going into the second quarter of this season, you're going to find that Odell's leadership is something that is a huge asset for the team. It's something we have to keep our eye on moving forward. Well, after this break, we are going to get into the AFC North. Talk about AFC at large and get into where we think the team is headed into week three. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Yo, you got Triscuits and Kabooia, you know you know the name of the best wide out in the whole Minnesota game. You can't contain the Moving to the greater AFC, we see that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are in the catbird seat, sitting at 2-0 and in a virtual tie with the surprising Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills somehow were able to beat the Jets and... They were able to keep pace with the Patriots last week. Is Josh Allen for real? That remains to be seen, but... I mean, you knew about Miami, but... Now we know about the Jets, and it just gets easier and easier for that Franken-team pillaged from all around the league to continue to dominate the AFC from here on out. Yeah, like I said, this week, those guys have the Jets. 
Does it get any better for Bill Belichick as he moves forward? The untouchable Tom Brady seems like he's on the fast track to the AFC first seed. The closest challenger to him seems to be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who look as if they are headed on a collision course with that evil empire. You know, as good as Casey has been on offense, you know, they've ranked fourth this year in offensive production with .531 points per play. That's good for the fourth best level of offensive production. And that's including a game against the Jaguars, who are a pretty good defense in their own right. But as good as they've been, New England is in first place in that category. And not only that, it looks as if the second place team is already in the AFC North. And it's the Mid-Atlantic Ravens led by Lamar Jackson. They come in just behind the Patriots and they battle the Kansas City Chiefs in their home this week. That is going to be in our Focus on 5 on the Sunday Morning Post. We're going to look at that game much closer. It's going to be a 7 p.m. start. The Chiefs are a favorite on the road against the Ravens. Additionally, we're going to have the Bengals and the Bills who have a 7 p.m. start as well with the Buffalo Bills, a six-point favorite. The Pats and the Jets play as well. And in the evening, Pittsburgh, a team who has lost their starting quarterback, a team who looks to be struggling and on the ropes at 0-2 is traveling all the way out west to battle the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers for a 4 o'clock start. And then, of course, the Browns and the Rams wrap things up at 8.30. There are several very important games as far as the Browns' chances go coming up this week. Now, as far as the AFC North goes, we just talked about it. The Bengals and the Steelers both started off at 0-2. The Bengals look to travel, like we said again, to Buffalo, where they will likely end up being 0-3, as well as the Steelers. With Lamar Jackson as a home dog against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, there's a good chance that the Browns will go into Sunday night's game with a chance to tie the Mid-Atlantic Ravens for first place in the AFC North. Next week's game will be absolutely epic. But then again, so will this week's game. So let's get to the top five Browns on offense and defense. We'll start with the defense where it's <laughs> without question. Once again, Miles Garrett tops this list. He recorded five sacks in his first two games and that's on pace for 40. Definitely in the conversation for defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. Number two on this list is Joe Schobert, who is absolutely playing his way into the hearts of Clevelanders everywhere. Absolutely devastating hit on Le'Veon Bell to force a fumble and He's just been Johnny on the spot all year. 13 tackles he had in that fair on Monday night. Joe Schobert, 
finds his way into the top five at number two. Number three, Larry Ogunjobi. I don't think it's a question. He's been great on the inside next to Garrett and all over the inside of the offensive defensive line. Number four, I would put down as a new entrant, Greedy Williams, who was phenomenal in his first start opposite Denzel Ward. And then number five, I'd put it Christian Kirksey, even though he's going to be out next week, he played a very inspired game as well. And I've always appreciated his energy and his enthusiasm that he brings to the position. Christian Kirksey rounds out our top five. And I would say this, I really, really like this defense. Their first week performance probably left a little to be desired. I feel like last week they started to get a little bit better to get themselves on track. I really don't feel like they gave up too much. Perhaps one drive where I don't think they committed to stopping the run as much as they needed to, uh, given the situation. But I feel like uh, without the benefit of a preseason, Steve Wilkes really needed these first two games to learn what his team is going to do well as a unit, as a group, together on the field how these pieces will operate as a unit together. I feel like Wilkes is about to round the corner and come to a place where he's comfortable calling defenses with these squads in mind. Now on the offense, there's kind of a troubling change at the top. Usually it's been Baker Mayfield, but I feel like right now it's time to slide Baker Mayfield down to number two. Replacing him at the top is Odell Beckham Jr., who has been nothing short of sensational these first two weeks in his play at wide receiver. I would just say that it's OBJ because I feel like he's such a dynamic weapon on the outside. He does so much for you there, and he's so much better than other people around him that I just feel like he's just a threat to score every time he has the ball in his hands. Defenses are got to be pulling their hair out, trying to worry about where that guy is all the time. And I just feel like at this point, as Baker is getting more comfortable in the offense of Monken and the offense of Freddie Kitchens calling plays, as all this stuff begins to evolve, I feel like it's going to become apparent that the best guy on the field is OBJ and the Browns' offense is going to run through him as much as it can. Now, outside of the first two, I'd go number three, Nick Chubb, who I feel like is yet to be utilized to his full potential this year. We'll see how he comes out going in the next game. At four, it's Petonio, as solid as ever this last week. And at five, we have a new entrant. It's Dearness Johnson cracking the top five. I, I don't know if it's exactly how it ended up being like this. I mean, this guy's in here replacing the production work we were expecting from Duke Johnson this year. And I feel like he's filled in in an admirable way. He's been great catching the ball out of the backfield and catching the ball in general. So let's see if Dearness Johnson can carve himself a role on this team moving forward. They definitely are going to need this guy as uh, they wait for uh, Kareem Hunt to come back from suspension. I think Kareem Hunt and Chubb together would be really nice. I feel like they need to back to spell him. Perhaps they could think about AJ Olette or something. I don't know. Have to see what happens in the future. Well, in any case, that's going to do it here for us at Straight No Chaser. Thank you for taking the time to make Dogs by Nature a part of your day. I'll be back with the Sunday Morning Post getting you ready for game day. Until then, I am Thelonious7. Take care.
Odell. Odell who? You know, and you guys are cooperating, giving him attention. Just don't give him attention, you know? And Odell who? Yo, you got...
Cause 95 don't take no jots 